go? Did that, did that switch it on? All right, great. The last time I get up to preach, I finally remember to turn it on. So, All right, if you'll open your Bibles tonight to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, I love the book of Psalms, but I don't preach out of it very often. I don't know why, I just, I just don't very often, but I love the book of Psalms. But we're going to go to Psalms uh, 119 tonight, the longest chapter in the Bible. And, of course, the Psalms are not actually chapters. They're, they're actually songs. Uh, the Psalms is the song book of the Bible. I love the way you do your singing here. I, I love it when you uh, ask for the favorites and so forth. Uh, I didn't get to give mine, but, uh, but other than that, I, I, I like, uh, like having the, the, the favorites. I'm glad to get to do that here. Thank you for being faithful. Some of you have been here every single service. Thank you for doing that. And, you know, I came, um, how long had you been, been a church when I came the first time? You remember year two, three, about two years, a little over two years? So I've kind of watched you grow up as a church, and I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed seeing the improvements you've made on the building. I've enjoyed getting to know many of you who have been uh, saved and serving the Lord for many, many years. You've been a blessing to me. Some of you that are newer Christians, I've watched you grow in the Lord in these last few years. And I come back uh, in a year's time, I can tell a big uh, change in your life. And I've been very pleased for you. And uh, I, I have enjoyed being here. My wife did miss getting to come. And some of the folks have been very kind uh, about her not being here. They've, they've told me many times, tell her that we missed her and we loved her. And thank you for that. And some folks even gave me some things to take back to her, a card and so forth. So thank, thank you so much for that. Tonight, uh, the first 10 minutes or so, I'm going to cover some ground uh, that, we've, that we've touched on before when I was here. Uh, I have never uh, put it together like I'm going to tonight. I'm not re-preaching a sermon. I want you to know that. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm not guilty of that tonight. Uh, but, but some of what I say the first 10 minutes or so, some of you will have heard some of it uh, a time or two. Uh, but but, but it's, I've never put it together like, like this before. I even mentioned... This time when I was here, uh, that I got saved on a on a Monday night. A bus captain got my name. I went to Vacation Bible School. That's what happened. I went I went one night to Vacation Bible School when I was 15 years old, and they they filled out I filled out a card to, to, to register for the first night of Bible School, the first night that I was there, and I never went back. You know, I was 15 years old. I just really didn't care for vacation Bible school. I wasn't saved. I didn't go to church. But somehow this boy taught me into going. I still don't understand how he did, but he did. And so I went to that. And then the, at the end of the week, they had that card where I had filled it out that one night. And they gave it to the bus captain. The bus captain came to my house to visit me seven weeks in a row before he finally found me at home the seventh time. That was on a Thursday night. On Thursday night, he said, this coming Monday, we're going to have a special meeting, like we had a special meeting here last night. And the special meeting was, there were some teenagers in a choir that, that, were, uh, that attended a big church up in town. This church I went to was a little church. It was about the size of this section of your auditorium. The whole church was about that big. And uh, 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 they were going to bring this choir out 
to the little country church, and the teenage choir was going to sing, have a little concert, and they invited me to come. And again, I don't, well, I, I do know, I won't go into that story, but, but anyway, I, I went that night, and the teenagers gave their testimony. Every teenager in the choir gave their testimony, and it was those testimonies that God used to touch my heart, and, and I, got, I got saved that night. That was on a Monday night. The following Sunday morning, I was going to go to church. I was saved now. I was a Christian, so I figured I ought to go to church. And so I started to go to church that morning, and as I was getting ready to go to church, I noticed in my mom and dad's bedroom there was a dresser that they kept their clothes in, and there was two Bibles that was always on their dresser. They had been there my whole life. We never did anything with them, but they always had these two Bibles there in, in their bedroom. It was a thick brown Bible, about that thick, that had my mother's na name on the, engraved on the outside of it. There was a thinner Bible, about that thick, that was black and had my dad's name on the outside of it. Well, I thought, I'm a Christian. I'm going to church. I probably ought to take a Bible. I dead sure didn't want to take a woman's Bible. <laughs> so I, I picked up that black Bible and I took it to church. I got to my Sunday school class, and the Sunday school teacher said, turn to a certain place in the Bible. I was flipping through the Bible, trying to find it. I had no idea where to look, what to look for. I didn't know anything about the Bible. The boy sitting next to, the boy sitting next to me on this side was trying to be helpful. He said, psst, psst, hey, that's in the Old Testament. When he said, that's in the Old Testament, somehow I thought, oh, I picked up the wrong Bible this morning. <laughs> and so I closed the Bible and laid it on the seat beside me. And he looked at me like, what's wrong with you, you know? But I, did, I didn't know. So I, uh, I went to church that morning. Uh, I got baptized. Monday night, one week after I'd been saved, eight days now been saved, they had another special meeting. This time it was a week-long revival meeting. It was for teenagers. So I went Monday night. Monday night, I got called to preach. That night when the preacher was preaching, God said to me, I want you to do what he's doing. And, and, and I argued with God a little bit, but finally I said, okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be a preacher. So that week, I thought, hey, I'm a Christian, and, I, and I'm not only a Christian, now I'm a preacher. <laughs> you know, I thought I was. <laughs> I had surrendered to preach. So I came to the conclusion, I probably ought to own a Bible. I, I had never owned one before, as far as I knew, but... I was so intelligent, I figured all this out, and I put it together that I'm a Christian, I'm a preacher, I probably ought to own a Bible. Now, I had never heard of the word Christian bookstore. I had never heard the term Bible bookstore. I didn't know there was any such thing. But I did know when you drove into town from where we lived out in the country that the second building on the left was a drugstore, the old-fashioned drugstore that had the soda fountain in the back. You remember those that made hamburgers and hot dogs and the big milkshakes in the tin cups? You remember that? And you got to pour it a little bit in the glass and drink it. And, and, and so I went, to, and in that uh, drugstore, up front where the cash register was, there was a glass counter there, and inside that glass counter they had some Bibles for sale. So that's the only place I knew to go get a Bible. So I went to that drugstore that, that week. I drove up there one afternoon after school. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I kind of eased up to the counter and I looked around <laughs> to make sure nobody would hear what I was about to say. And I said to the lady behind the cash register, I'd like to buy a Bible. And she said, what kind of Bible? 
And I thought, oh, brother, what kind of Bible? I have no idea. And I looked down in the counter, and it said, Holy Bible. And I said, oh, I want to buy a Holy Bible. And she said, no, no. What, what She said, what I mean is, this was in Louisiana. This was back in 1970. She said, what I mean is, uh, uh, what kind of Bible? She said, uh, okay, are you a Baptist or a Catholic? Because back then in Louisiana, everybody was either a Baptist or or a Catholic unless somebody had messed with them. <laughs> and, and so I, I said, oh, I'm a Baptist. I've been one for a whole week now. <laughs> I said, I'm a Baptist. And she said, well, then you need a King James Bible. Isn't it amazing that lady knew more about the Bible than some preachers do? <laughs> you know, She said, you need a King James Bible. So I bought me a King James Bible. About four or five weeks later, I was in church on a Sunday morning, and I had my King James Bible in my hand. My preacher was preaching, Brother Richard White, and he made what to me at the time was one of the most amazing statements I'd ever heard. He said, when you go home this week, you should read your Bible. And I thought, wow, read my Bible at home? You know, the Bible to me was like you take your math book to math class, you take your history book to history class, you take your science book to science class, and you take your Bible to church. Well, you know, I never went home and read my math book, <laughs> and so I never thought about going home and reading my Bible. So I remember the pastor was standing at the back door that morning, just like he did every Sunday morning, and he was shaking hands, and I came by, and I said, Brother White, you said that I should go home and read my Bible. I said, where should I start? And he's kind of grinned and he took the Bible from me and he did like this until he came to the book of Matthew. And he said, Ray, right here is the book of Matthew. That's where the New Testament starts. And I thought, oh, I got that figured out. <laughs> he said, right here is where the New Testament starts. You should start by reading the book of Matthew. And I remember I took my finger and I stuck it in my Bible and I closed it like that because I didn't want to lose that place. <laughs> and I got back on the bus and I rode home that afternoon. All the way home, I held my Bible with my finger in it because I didn't want to lose my place. Sunday afternoon, I read a couple chapters of Matthew. Sunday morning, I read, uh, Monday morning, I read a couple more chapters before I went to school. I knew I was going to have some extra time at lunch, so I took my Bible to school with me. Boy, that created an uproar. <laughs> but, but I took my Bible to school with me. I read some during lunch. I read some that afternoon. I read some Tuesday morning, some Tuesday night. And Tuesday night, I finished the book of Matthew. And I thought to myself, wow, what an interesting book. I didn't know all that was in the Bible. Jesus was born. He grew up. He did some miracles. He got arrested. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again. He went back to heaven. I thought, man, I didn't know all those interesting stories were in here. So I turned the page and I came to the book of Mark. And in the book of Mark, Jesus was born and he began to grow up. Boy, now was I really confused. <laughs> And I called Brother White. Remember the old phone that you didn't carry it in your hand? It didn't sit on the table. It hung on the wall in your kitchen. Remember those old phones? And you, you dialed it, you know, brr, 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 brr. Remember those? And some of you do, just a couple. But, but I, I went in the kitchen. I picked the phone up. I dialed Brother Richard's number. And he answered and I said, Brother Richard, how many times did Jesus get born and come to the earth and die and come back again? And he, and he started laughing and he explained the Gospels to me. Now, fast forward many, many years. 
I'm on the staff at the First Baptist Church of Hammond, and I'm working for Dr. Jack Hiles. And uh, the last 12 years he was alive, he and I traveled together about 15 to 25 times per year, and we would do exactly what I have done these last two nights. We would preach in what we called, back then they called them a conference, and we would preach Monday night, Tuesday morning, and Tuesday night. I'd preach first, and he'd preach second. And we would do that 15 or 25 times a year in different churches all over the United States. We went to Mexico and, and, uh, and the Philippines and, 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 and South America. And, and, and every time we did one of those conferences, on Tuesday they would have a luncheon after the morning service. We'd have a Tuesday morning service and then lunch. And at that luncheon they would have what they would call a question and answer session. And they would ask Brother Hiles questions and he would answer them. Many times I heard people ask this question. Brother Hiles, what is the best way to study the Bible? Or they would ask, Brother Hiles, what's your favorite way to study the Bible? Or Brother Hiles, tell us how you study the Bible. And every time he was asked that question, he always gave the same answer. His answer was, just read it. He would say, that's the best way to study your Bible, just read it. But, have you ever been reading your Bible, and all of a sudden, you get down to about verse 30, and suddenly it dawns on you, you don't have the foggiest idea what you just read from verse 5. <laughs> you know, verses 1 through 5, you kind of comprehended what you were reading, and then all of a sudden, there's this big gap between verse 5 and verse 30, and you've, 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 your eyes have looked at the words, but your brain doesn't have a... And you're out on the boat fishing somewhere in your mind, or you're preparing supper, or you're dusting the furniture, or you're uh, wondering how much longer the kids are going to argue before you have to yell at them. And, and, and your brain... Okay, can I tell you what usually happens? Usually... When you have that gap where, okay, it, your brain's like a train. Your, a train travels down a track, and as long as there's another section of rail beyond the last one, the train stays on the track. But if one of those sections of rail is missing, then the train veers off the track. It derails. You've heard that. Okay. When your brain comes to a spot in that, those verses that you're reading, where there is a word you don't understand or there is a phrase you didn't comprehend, that's a section of the rail that's missing and your brain detours. Most of the time, when you get to verse 30 or whatever verse and you realize, hey, I don't have any idea what I've been reading and you go back up the verses till you find the last spot where you did comprehend something, Usually, in that verse or the next verse or two, you're going to find a word or a phrase you didn't understand at the moment as you're reading, and your brain detours. So, what I'm going to do tonight, I hope you don't mind, I'm not going to exactly preach a sermon tonight. Some churches in their Wednesday night service that Brother Joe doesn't enjoy, uh, uh, some, of, some of your <laughs> Wednesday night services, uh, they, they refer to them as the Wednesday night prayer meeting. But other churches refer to their Wednesday night service as their Wednesday night Bible study. 
and there's no, I don't, I don't have any preference what you call it or what you do in your Wednesday night, study, your Wednesday night service. But I'm just going to say, in our church, we often refer to it as our Wednesday night Bible study. So often on Wednesday night, instead of preaching a sermon, our pastor or whoever's speaking will teach a Bible lesson. So what I'm going to do tonight is this. I'm going to teach you a lesson, and I've, I've taken quite a long time to introduce it, uh, but, but, but I think it'll, you'll be surprised at how quickly I'm going to go through. I'm going to teach you tonight what I do so that I can understand what I read in the Bible. I have a definite plan that, that I have developed over, I've been saved now 51 years. I've been a Christian for 51 years. I've been reading my Bible fairly regularly for, a, for most of that time. And I'd say the last 40 or 45 years, I've read my Bible very regularly. And, and I have developed some things that I do when I read my Bible that are as practical as washing your hands before you eat, as practical as cutting up the potatoes before you put them in the, in the, in the soup. I'm going to give you some real practical things tonight that you can go home and do, and I promise you it will help you understand your Bible better than you have in the past. I think there's about six or seven points, and we might get out earlier tonight than you've ever got out of church in your life. Now, don't, don't, I'm not, that's not a promise. <laughs> that, 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 that's a slight prediction. Okay, so here we go. Let's jump into them. I'm going to give you the things that I do when I read my Bible. Number one, I pray before I begin reading, and I ask God to help me understand what I'm about to read. It's just that simple. And I usually pray His words back to Him. I use His words. To, for example, I use Psalm, I ask you to open to Psalm 119. I use Psalm 119 verse 18 more often than I do anything else. You know, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I pray that to God. I'll bow my head and I'll say, Holy Spirit, would you please teach me the Bible? You remember what Jesus said to the disciples? He said, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Well, I asked the Holy Spirit, would you please guide me and teach me some truth? from what I'm about to read, and would you please open thou mine eyes that I may behold some wonder, may I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Sometimes I use verse 34. Uh, Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I pray one or both of those verses almost every morning when I read my Bible. So number one, very simple, I pray and ask God to help me to understand. Number two, I take time to look up every word that I read in the Bible that I don't understand. Are you like me? Do you often find a word in the Bible that you think, I don't know what that word means. I don't, I, I don't know. What, you know, okay, some of you may not struggle with it as much as I have on my entire life. When I graduated from high school in Louisiana in 1973, that was 1973, not 1873. I graduated in 1973, and when I did, Louisiana had the 49th worst school system in America. I don't know who was 50th. I've always wondered if it might be Mississippi. <laughs> it might have been Arkansas. I don't know. But, but Louisiana was 49th, and I graduated from high school in the 12th grade. With the, on the fourth grade. I was on a 4th grade reading level. Now, the Bible's written on about a 4th to 6th grade reading level, so I comprehend most of it, but there's some words in there I don't comprehend so I look them up two places. Number one, I use the, 19, uh, the 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary. 
Noah Webster wrote several dictionaries, and there have been some uh, uh, others uh, put out under that name uh, even since he died. But the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary, I was in his, my wife and I was in Noah Webster's home one day. No, he wasn't there the day we were there. But, but we were in his home one day, and in his handwriting, I saw under a glass case where he had written that he wrote the 1828 dictionary for the purpose of helping people understand the King James Bible. And it is amazing how many times I look up a word in the 1828 Noah Webster dictionary and Noah Webster uses the very verse in the Bible that I'm reading at that moment to help explain the meaning of that word. So I look it up, number one, in the Noah Webster dictionary. Number two, I use the Strong's Concordance. There is a book called Strong's, like somebody's strong, but it was a man's name, Strong, Strong's Concordance. In the back of your Bible, you have a concordance. It lists different words in the Bible, and it shows you which verses that, that word shows up in. The Strong's Concordance lists every word in the Bible, and it lists every verse in the Bible where that word shows up. But in every one of those verses, that same word may have several different meanings from verse to verse. I know I didn't word that exactly right, but what I'm trying to say is it may use a word in one verse and it means one thing. It may use that word in another verse and it means something else. You know, in our English language, a word often mean, has two or three different meanings, and sometimes they're very, they're very varied in, in, their, in their meaning. Uh, so uh, in, in the Strong's Concordance, I look up the word that I didn't understand, and I find the verse that it's in, and it'll give you the definition. It's got a little number there. Then you flip to the back of the book, and it gives you the definition for that word in that particular context, in that particular verse. Okay. So number one, I pray. Number two... I look up every word I, I don't uh, understand. Number three, I look up every place I don't recognize. Now, I don't know how ladies, how your brains work. Uh, uh, I, I've been told that some ladies' brains work different than men's brains do. In fact, I've been told ladies' brains works and men's brains don't. But, but anyway... Uh, 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 but my brain, and I think some men are this way, I can understand what I'm reading better if it mentions a place, if I can vision that place, like I've been there and I've seen it, or I know where it is on the map. If it says we went from Jericho to Jerusalem, if I can see that on the map in my mind, I, I comprehend what the story is about a little better. So if I see something in the Bible, a river, a village, a city, a mountain, a country, an ocean, a lake that I don't recognize uh, you know, in my mind. I can't picture where it is. I get out, what, what, I get out the, the atlas. I use the Hammond atlas. It has nothing to do with Hammond, Indiana, where I'm from. But, but I, get out, I use the Hammond atlas. Any Bible atlas will do. I know I'm old-fashioned. I still use paper books. But, but, but there is a good Bible program that you can put on your iPad or your computer. I don't use it much, but I've had many people that I know and trust tell me it's a great program. It's called Glow Bible, G-L-O-Bible, Glow Bible. And there's a Bible atlas in that program. 
and, and, and it'll and it'll help you uh, uh, find those places. So, number one, I pray. Number two, I look up the words I don't understand. Number three, I look up the places I don't recognize. Number four, I look up every person I don't know. Now, I'll admit to you, when I'm reading the Chronicles, <laughs> and so-and-so begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, you know, I don't look up every one of those names. But if I'm reading a story in the Bible and it mentions a person's name and I don't recognize who that person is, and of course, over the years, as I have looked up these names many times, now I'm more familiar with some of them. So now today, I don't have to look up quite as many names as I did 25 years ago, but I have a book that I use that is very helpful to me, and, and I'm going to give you the name of it. You can use it if you want, or there's probably other books similar to it, but the one that I've been using for many years, I've worn out two of them already. The name of the book is Everyone in the Bible. Everyone in the Bible. There's over 3,000 names in that book. And every time you look up one of those names, it'll tell you a, a little biographical sketch, two or three paragraphs about that person, or sometimes just one little short paragraph about that person. And then it'll list for you all the places in the Bible where you can find that person. Now, I don't know about you, but, okay, the first time I read through the Gospels, that that time I was telling you about when my preacher said you should go home and read your Bible, I remember I came to the story where John the Baptist got his head cut off. And then a couple of chapters later, Jesus and John were walking down the street together. And I got confused again. <laughs> you know, how can this guy be walking down the street with Jesus when he got his head cut off two chapters ago? Well, I didn't know there's five different people in the Bible named John. <laughs> but in this book, everyone in the Bible, if you're reading and it mentions John and you wonder which John's it talking about, you can look up John in the book and it'll tell you which John that particular verse is talking about. So, and, and everybody uh, in the Bible, uh, just about, is in that book. It's, it's by a man named Barker, B as in boy, Barker, and it's published by Reveal Press. I believe it's out of print. I'm almost positive about that. Someone told me they thought they may have reprinted it recently, but I, I haven't seen any new versions of it. But you can find it on eBay or Amazon or Google. You can Google it, and you can get it... Uh, I Googled it about a week ago just to see if they still had copies. And there was one copy on there, who knows why, for $601 for one copy of the book. But there was dozens of copies on there for $2.69. So why in the world somebody listed it for $600? I don't know. But, but uh, I found several on there for $2.69. And then there were, there were just all you wanted. You could start a bookstore with the, the num- there were on there that were $8, $10, $12, uh, you know, used copies of the book, but they were in pretty good shape, and you, you can order them and, and get one. I've ordered them many, many times and given them to different people. All right, that's number four. Number five. Number five, I read the Bible in chronological order some. You know, the Bible's not in chronological order. You know, Genesis is the beginning and Revelation is the end. But in between there, there's a lot of books in the Bible and even some chapters within books that are not in chronological order. So there is a Bible called the Chronological Bible. There's more than one. The one that I'm familiar with 
uh, a man by the name of Ed Reese, just like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Uh, Ed Reese, he used to pastor in a suburb of Chicago. Then he taught at Howes Anderson College for several years. Then he went to Crown College and taught for Brother Sexton there uh, for several years. He's in heaven now. But all those years, he worked on a chronological Bible. He took every verse of the Bible, every chapter in the Bible, every book in the Bible, and he put it all in chronological order. So you start at the very beginning and you read three or four verses and then you skip to a whole different book. But, 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 but the, the verses are in chronological. Now, the most interesting part of all of that is when you get to the Gospels. The Gospels are so interesting when you put it all in chronological order. You'll have a, a, a story in the book of Matthew. You'll have that same story in the book of Mark. And then it won't be in John, that particular story maybe, uh, and, or, or Luke. And then you come to the next story, and it's not in Matthew, but it is in Mark and Luke, but not in John. And, 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 but it puts it all in chronological order. It, it's called the Harmony of the Gospels. You can look that up, and a lot of that's a, that's available. The first place I ever saw the harmony of the Gospels was in the uh, back of the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. It's a study Bible, Thompson Chain Reference. But you can Google it and find it. Uh, uh, the harmony of the Bible, the harmony of the Gospels. Uh, so you can either buy uh, a, a a copy of the chronological Bible, or you can look up the harmony of the Gospels if you just want to do that part to start with. That's where I started, and it was so interesting. And I learned so many new things. Then I read the whole Bible in chronological order. I've done that a couple of times now. I, I, I read a, 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 a sort of occasionally from my chronological Bible. All right, number six, I write down what I learned. I keep a little spiral notebook with me. And every morning before I start reading my Bible, I get up my spiral notebook. And I get out my ink pen. And I turn to the next page where, where it's blank, where I left off last time. And, and, and I lay my pen down there, and I'm saying what I'm saying to God is, okay, God, I'm ready. If you'll teach me something, I'll write it down. My wife has been teaching at our college for about 25 years, 24, 25. And uh, when, back when I was president of the college, I would go out of the hallway between every class, and I would uh, 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 just shake hands with the students and check on their spirits, see how they were doing. And sometimes I happened to pass my wife's classroom just as she was finishing her class, and the girls would come out of the class and they'd be weeping, and my wife would be wiping tears out of her eyes, and at the time she had been teaching about 18 years or so, and I said to her one night at supper, I said, sweetheart, how is it after teaching the same class 18 years in a row, you can still uh, uh, put your heart and your passion in, in, into what you teach, and, and you and the girls come out of there weeping after your teaching? And she said, well, Ray, there's two things. She said, number one, we reared three daughters. And she said, every time I walk in that classroom, I look at those girls as if they might be my daughters. And I try to pour my soul into them. She said, but, I'll admit there's something else. She said, in every class, I always have one girl. She said, in some classes, I get lucky and I have two. And a few times, I've gotten lucky enough that I had three or four in the same class. She said, they come to class and get there as early as they can. They sit as close to the front as they can. She said they get their notebook out and they sit on the edge of their seat and they've got their pen in their hand. And she said the look in their eyes says, please teach me something. And she said while I'm teaching, I focus on them. And she said that inspires me. You know, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. 
I want to inspire him. You know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can shut down his emotions. We can grieve him. Well, if we can grieve him, then it seems reasonable that maybe we can inspire him also. So I want to inspire him to want to teach me. So I get my notebook out, my pen, and I say in my heart, I'm ready, teach me something. And whatever he teaches me while I'm reading my Bible, I write it, write it down. Just, just brief, briefly make notes of what. All right, number six, uh, seven. No, number, was, that, was that number six? Okay, number seven. I'm just about done. Number seven, uh, I do word studies. I do word studies. What I mean by that is if I'm reading my Bible and I see a word that is interesting to me or I see a word and I think, how else does God use that particular word throughout the Bible? I'll go to my concordance. I used to do that. Now I go to the eSword program. It, you can download it free on your computer. The E, like, like E, electricity, that's what it stands for, electric sword. You know, the Bible's called the sword. And so the e-sword program, you can, you, uh, Rick Myers put it together. He did it for, to be used free of charge for anybody in the world that wants to use it. And in the e-sword program, there's many, many helps. For example, the, the Noah Webster 1828 Dictionary. You know, it's, it's out of copyright now, of course. So it's in the e-sword program. And so is the Strong's Concordance because and, 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 it's out of copyright. But in the eSword program, you can type in any word you want and it'll list, not just list, it'll, it'll, it'll display every single verse in the Bible where that word appears and highlight that word in the verse. So like if you notice the word, uh, you know, I don't know, you notice the word uh, soldier in, the, in a verse, and you think, I wonder where else God uses the talks about soldiers. Well, you type in soldier, and here these 25 verses pop up and, and it, that had the word soldier in them. But often looking up multiple verses that use the same word will, will define to you or explain to you what God's trying to teach you about uh, that word. Uh, and, and so I do a word study. Uh, there's usually somewhere bet between five and ten verses in the Bible that will have that particular word in it. Some words you'll find that there's 75 verses in the Bible. Now, I rarely read all 75 of them. And a few verses you'll find there's two or three hundred, a few words you'll find there's two or three hundred verses that have that word in it. But but I don't, I don't, I never read all of them, you know, but I'll read a few of them maybe. Then one more thing, uh, still, I'm still under number uh, seven on my list, is I sometimes do a phrase study. Just like you can type in a word in the uh, eSword program, it, you can also type in a phrase. You know, like, he went unto war, or, or he laid himself down, or whatever phrase you find in the Bible, you type it in, and it'll tell you every place in the Bible where that phrase appears. And sometimes that will help you understand something. And then the last point is this. Number, uh, number eight, is that where I am? Number eight. Uh, every time I, I uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Let, let, me, let me say one more. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have a number eight. Let, let me give you my conclusion. My conclusion is this. If you are not a, uh, a, a seasoned experienced uh, uh, a student of the Bible, 
if you've only been saved a few years or you really never have dedicated yourself to reading the Bible, let me suggest to you something I heard Brother Howell suggest. I would suggest you try to master the book of Genesis, the, uh, the Gospels, and the book of Acts. If you would really study the book of Genesis, that will make much of the rest of the Bible uh, make sense to you. If you'll really study the Gospels, that'll make much of the rest of the Bible make sense to you. And if you really study the book of Acts, that teaches you how we should live today probably as much or more than any other book in the Bible other than maybe the Gospels. Now, what I do is every morning I read, I read one or more Psalms, I read one or more chapters in the book of Proverbs, and I read one or more chapters in the book of Acts. Uh, but, but when I was beginning years ago, uh, I, I really concentrated on Genesis, the Gospels, and Acts. And then, and then let me make this statement. Every time I open my Bible to read, and I'm going to start today where I left off yesterday in whatever portion of the Bible I'm reading, I almost always go back one chapter and I read the first verse and the last verse of the previous chapter that I read yesterday. You know, if you picked a newspaper up and you just let it fall open and you just put your finger on it and you started reading right in the middle of a story... <laughs> You'd have a hard time understanding what that story was talking about. Well, if you pick your Bible up and you just say, okay, today I'm on chapter 18, but you have no idea what chapter 17 was talking about, sometimes it's hard to understand what chapter 18 is talking about. But if you'll go back to chapter 17 where you were yesterday and just read the first verse and the last verse of chapter 17, it'll put your mind back into, oh, yeah, that's what that was talking about yesterday. I kind of remember now, and then you take off on, on chapter 18, and you'll understand it a lot better. I, I, you know, I almost, Brother Brian, I really mean this. I almost feel like I should apologize for, for taking your time to, to, to do this tonight because I don't know how to give an invitation. I don't know if there should be an invitation given. But everything I've said tonight has helped me understand the Bible. And there's nothing more important in the Christian life than understanding the Bible. It's truth that will set you free. And truth comes from this book. Uh, thank you very much.